everybody welcome to real chills i hope you're having an awesome week i'm having a wonderful week i just got to hang out with my family in philly which is always fun having bringing my mom and dad around we went and we saw christ church which is a really beautiful building if you're ever in philly definitely check it out um also please like subscribe tell your friends about us i really appreciate every time you guys comment something or message me it makes my heart grow three sizes large. And if my heart gets big enough, they'll put it in the Mütter Museum. So please continue doing that because I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and on that topic, our guest today, um, she is actually a listener, a follower, subscriber, top tier patron of ours, which is awesome. And at this point, honestly, really good friend. Um, her name is Katie V. And it was such a blast to get to have her on the show. We did talk about Hawaiian folklore and... Um, ghost stories and um she has a local uh hawaiian person that she recommends you guys follow but i also wanted to talk about um two people that i found so on youtube there is a channel called mysteries of hawaii um by lopaka kapanui it is awesome it is an awesome channel you will not every minute every second of it is entertaining so definitely check that out but if you're more of a, a podcast person that's totally cool. Uh, another one that I really enjoyed while doing research for this was Ghost Lore of Hawaii, Paranormal Pot Paradise. So check those two out if you want some even more Hawaiian ghost stories because they crush it. And um, But yeah, our guest, super fun, super smart and silly. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. Definitely um, give it a listen. Real chills with Meg Getz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I am so excited for today's guest. Today we have Katie B. Katie, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I know we're like friends on Instagram and we talk all the time. So <laughs> I'm so excited to finally get to meet you. This is so exciting. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, cool. So we always ask our guests the same question uh, to start. And that is when it comes to the paranormal, are you more of a true believer or a skeptic? <laughs> So um, one of your guests at one point, I can't remember who it was, but they described themselves as a hopeful skeptic. Yeah. And I, yeah. Was, I like totally like glommed onto that. I'm like, oh, that's totally me. Like I, <laughs> so part of my story relates to the fact that I was born and raised in Hawaii mm -hmm. and I feel like everyone just like believes in ghosts and spirits. And so I, I grew up in that kind of environment where like, everyone's just sort of more plugged into the param paranormal at least that's how I felt and like my it's funny you talk about on the show about how like your dad yeah in ghosts and like your mom didn't and my dad was always growing up was like I grew up in the 80s so it was like Stephen King was like that's all awesome. over <laughs> he was like a big Stephen King reader and so he was always like trying to scare us like mm -hmm. Pennywise and stuff and <laughs> so I kind of grew up just like believing in this in that stuff but I never really had experience of my own but I also grew up my mom was a biology teacher um and then I did like like physiology major in um college and then went on to do med school and now I'm a physician Oh, wow. So, yeah. So <laughs> that's I, awesome. <laughs> so I also have this very like science based right. background. Right. So every so often I, I go back to like, like I'll listen to like paranormal podcasts or he'll hear a story or something. And I'm like, I, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it. I totally believe in that stuff. Or I'll have something where like, I'll something paranormally will happen. And I'll be like, no, I was just tired or like, uh, like, <laughs> no, I can explain that away by something or other. So yeah, I, I always like want to believe, right. but then something else happens where I'm like, oh no, like it's, <laughs> I can explain or someone can explain that somehow. But 
but I, I really love listening to the show because I, because you always say like, oh, I believe everyone's stories. And it's like, yeah, when I hear these stories, I do think, yeah, I, I believe, like, I totally believe that people have the experiences that they have. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of where I stand. This is a, a weird question. So you don't have to answer it. <laughs> But do you think working in a field where you're surrounded um, by life and death both impacts your belief in the paranormal? Like, does it does it make you more of a believer, maybe less? Because like you said, the scientific. But I feel like for me, if I was surrounded, I would think there's ghosts everywhere. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I would be like ghosts, every one of us. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. So so I'm a pathologist. So I... Um, don't have like direct patient care but I also am sadly kind of the grim grim reaper of like medicine because like (laughs) I'm always diagnosing people like if you get a biopsy or a tumor removed at surgery or something we're the ones that look at the cells and say like it's cancer or it's not or or whatever so yeah so it's it in a way like the reason we can do it we don't have the patient contact so we're just kind of like looking at the cells but sometimes you feel like oh, like yeah. metastatic ovarian cancer here no, and like yeah. brain cancer that, and you know, a lot of it is benign, thankfully, but, but I, in med school and stuff where I had more patient like contact, I felt like you really learn to compartmentalize a lot. Right, and like, right. you almost like, can't think of like the emotional or, or paranormal side. Cause you're like, I gotta just keep going. I gotta like, you know, get through this that's you how know, my sister surgery did. or yeah I would <laughs> I would be I like especially like pathologist I feel like I would think I have cancer every single day of my life oh yeah I, don't know. I had like abdominal pain <laughs> in residency yeah. and I like went to the GYN I was like I want to ultrasound because I think I have a very cancer which of yeah. course I didn't but <laughs> I, I mean but, yeah, you would think mind. like doing I don't do autopsies anymore but in um residency we had to do a lot of them and you would think that like like being with a dead body you would have like these like crazy experiences but it's just like okay gotta like do the process and you know write the report and and whatnot so wow um, yeah yeah I I haven't as much had like paranormal experiences like surrounding my work but not gonna thank God yeah (laughs) so far (laughs) oh my gosh and so your dad is what got you into the paranormal it's I I kind of I've started asking that question and I think it's really fun like well yeah remember the moment where you're like I'm in I'm yeah I I love this stuff (laughs) yeah I don't it it probably was and it was probably also like just hearing stories at school or like like I remember we like people would like sit around and be like oh yeah let's let's sit around and tell scary stories and stuff like that um and it it's funny I was like when I was um messaging you about the night marcher legend in Hawaii which is um this legend that like the old um Hawaiian chiefs had these warriors that would like march with them to protect them um and it's almost like in the Lord of the Rings, like the return of the King, where he had that, like he conjured that army, that ghost army. Right. Um, Like I heard that story. um, And so the, the legend now is that they still like, they don't realize that they've died and they kind of like march through these like prescribed paths. And if you hear them, if you hear like beating drums and they marched, like they could like kill you if you don't, um, like close your eyes or lie prostrate or something. And I, I remember I was like looking into that more because I remember hearing that. Yeah. And I was trying to like research it a bit. And one of the interviews was like, oh yeah, I heard that when I was a kid and I went to like Girl Scout camp at Camp Erdman. And I was like, that's where I heard it too. <laughs> that was where you heard it, everyone. It's being spread at Girl Scout camp. That's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, I just well, feel like being surrounded <laughs> by it. But yeah, then also like my dad, like I don't actually know if he really believed mm-hmm. or if he just kind of liked to torture us <laughs> with story. I mean, he was That's obviously fair. interested in it because he would always, he'd be like reading Stephen King books and watching the 
TV miniseries and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe my dad just enjoys torturing us kids because he would scare the he would scare us really bad. And then it got passed down. Like, do do you have siblings at all? Yes. Yeah, I have one sister who's three years younger. Yeah, we would. So our dad would scare us, and then the trauma line would continue, and we would just torture (laughs) our brothers with horrifying fake. We live by a lake, and I just remember like telling them and their friends that like a little. So our our house used to be a camp in the seventies. So like a lot of kids stayed there. So I I would tell my brothers that there's a little camp kid that died that like drowned in the lake, and that it used to get really foggy this time of year, like when it's switching seasons. I used to be like, Mm -hmm. when it's foggy, they crawl out and they take one of you so they can have a friend to play with. And they like, their one friend like peed his pants (laughs) because he was so scared. He's like, that's not true. And I'm like, it is. Go to the lake. They're like, like, stop, you're scaring him. It's so evil. And then they run out. So it happens. Well, you you had another guest who's talked about his dad or mom or someone like, like hiding in the house to scare them yeah, like, yeah that's terrible like doing like <laughs> these elaborate yeah. like things i was like wow yeah it's terrible parents our first ghost <laughs> yeah um but anyway do you want to get into your stories yeah so i did at one point feel like i heard the night marchers <laughs> really? like so my house that I grew up in is like right along a stream it's like right up against the Ko'olau mountains on um the windward side of Oahu which is like the main island that's where like Honolulu and Waikiki are um but our house like wasn't anywhere near the beach it was like up against the mountains and supposedly it probably got put in my brain from Girl Scout camp (laughs) but when I was looking it up it was like oh yeah one of the paths of the night marchers is um, in Kualoa Valley or in uh, Kaava, which is near where my parents' house was. And I remember like laying in bed one night and like hearing drums and being like, <gasps> like, I got to just like close my eyes. And and then eventually like it went away. And uh, of course it's like, who knows if I was, if I really heard them or not. Um, but that's I think that's so why, cool. Yeah, that's like why the night marcher like myth I think stays with me. Um, and then the other story that I just think is funny because it it really does kind of drill home to me like how much people in Hawaii like really do believe in ghosts or spirits or paranormal things. I think more so than I've experienced out here living on the east coast um because you know you like grow up and then I went away for college to California and then I went back for med school and so I think going back I was like okay now I'm like an adult and Mm -hmm. like I'm in this like scientific field and I didn't really think about like ghosts or anything like that and then anyway you're third year of med school you rotate through all the different rotations which I'm sure you know about because your sister oh yeah Yeah. um so in my surgery rotation that's like one of the most intense ones and you like do these overnights where you're on call and you stay Mm -hmm. in the hospital and like usually the call room in the hospital is like literally a room in the hospital and it has like a little bed and like a shower (laughs) that's it but this one hospital that I rotated at um had like a duplex like outside it was like literally 50 steps from the hospital but it was like a two-story like there was a top room for like the senior resident bottom room for like the junior resident but it was a tiny hospital and so the med student could like stay in one um and I lived like with my parents my third year of um med school so I was like a 40 minute drive or something and so I was like oh this is awesome I'll just like live there right yeah like I'll get so much sleep I'll Mm -hmm. get to like study more it'll be awesome but the problem is that like everyone was like yeah that place is haunted nobody stays in there like this I mean med students like we had to do a few overnights like Mm -hmm. and 
there were nights that like you would just get stuck there and you'd want to stay overnight but like the residents like especially the junior resident like they like kind of lived at the hospital and even they would not like stay <laughs> like people were I uh, like I slept in my car actually a lot in med school um, oh my god a gurney there was like people like oh yeah there's like this one hallway that there's like a gurney that like people will like sleep on and I was like like okay you guys are being insane <laughs> <Yeah>. like you're <laughs> adults we're mm-hmm. people of science like I, I'm gonna stay in this duplex you know mm-hmm. so like <laughs> so you know it was like I was staying like late or whatever. I'm like, okay, tonight I'm going to do it. And like, <laughs> I get there. It's ha- like, it doesn't seem haunted. It's just like a little, it, like there's like a kitchen and stuff. Like it's, it's a dream. It probably would go for like $5,000 a right. month for rent in Hawaii. <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's a little eerie because it's like, it's late at night. No one's there. It's like, it seems like deserted. Like no one's been in there in a while though later I found out like they it gets cleaned by the hospital staff like periodically um so I like it, you know it's like midnight or something when I finally go to bed and I have to get up at five but I'm like oh this is like amazing I get five hours of sleep that's awesome yeah <laughs> and but I like could not go to sleep it was just like I was so tired, but like I'd fall asleep and then I'd like wake up and I'd look around and be like, okay, not, nothing creepy is going on. It's fine. <laughs> and I like fall asleep again. Um, and then I think I finally like went to sleep for a longer time. And then I opened my eyes and I just saw like it looked like like a plate of glass that w- had all these cracks in it, like right above my head. And I was like, <laughs> like oh okay, my God. We're done we're done and I looked at my because I kept looking at my watch like is it like is, Time, is it yeah, morning yeah. <laughs> and it was like 4 30 I'm like all right I'm up I'm getting up oh, <laughs> and my I like God. never went in there again and you know it was this is another thing where I'm like I was tired like I was like amped yeah. up like I, I don't think it was anything like a spirit or anything in there but um it was still weird and it was still creepy and I still did not want to sleep in there. That's again. so creepy. And there's something too, I've talked about this. Um, you might've heard it on other podcasts where my dad, when he first moved to, he, he got a job in upstate New York. So he had to live up there. Oh, yeah. And he lived in a on-campus hospital housing. No one warned him though. They were like, yeah, it's great. It's free. You could do it. So he stayed, it was the scariest place. One of the scariest places I've ever been the energy was just so off and it, I maybe it's something to do with like being like on site at the hospital I yeah don't know. I mean That's... like you talk about like oh places where like lots of people have died like Gettysburg it's like a hospital hospitals <laughs> yeah and people not knowing like you know maybe they've died but they they don't know where they are and they're like stuck like yeah, it's amazing they're scaring all the residents. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like part of your program in Hawaii where it's like, uh, yeah, surgery rotation and then spooked by ghosts and you graduate from residency <laughs> and can be a doctor. Yeah. Like... And it's no, it's it's crazy too, because it's one of those things where it's not like you go in and you're like, don't because you could kind of choose where there were like three different sites for your surgery rotation. And um, there was like the big trauma hospital where like, if you wanted to go into, if you wanted to be a surgeon, like you definitely want to go there. And then there was like a couple other like smaller community hospitals. And um, you would think that when people are talking about, oh, where do you want to get placed or whatever, they'd be like, just FYI, the haunted call room at this one. (laughs) But it wasn't until like we got there and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to stay there. And they're like, oh yeah, it's haunted. And then you start like hearing all the stories. Like about other stories that people, I just, just stories of like what people would do to avoid like, oh, to not like, oh, they're going to sleep on the gurney. Like, (laughs) yeah, outside my car. Yeah. Yeah. I never heard any specifics about why people thought it was haunted or like what had happened there and is the hospital relatively 
old? Is it like from the 1800s? I'm not sure how old it was, but yeah, I would it I would say it's pretty old. Yeah. I also feel like Hawaiian land is kind of it's very similar to native land. Like there's like so many parallel yeah. parallels between like native Hawaiians and native Americans. Um mm-hmm. where like I feel like there's a lot of sacred land that we're unaware of out in on yeah. the islands. And it could just be they put the hospital somewhere they shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is just an interesting space for it could have been like a ritual space or, you know, something like that. Cause even the haunting, I it, like I don't know what it would be trying to tell you with the like shattered glass. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you saw like like a person, which would just be like yeah. regular like haunting. It was like glass breaking in front of you. Yeah, it was really weird. And it's, you know, out of all the sleep disturbances I've had in my life, I've never seen anything like that. You know, yeah, it, it that doesn't... it was like, oh, yeah, I, I see that from yeah. time to time <laughs> when I'm sleep deprived or something. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think I've ever had anything like that happen. Yeah, I would love to know the history of the building because maybe something like that happened there. Because like, I always talk about time slip. Yeah. That is really scary, though. I would absolutely not do it. Because, like, you can just get an energy of a place. Like, sometimes you walk in and you're like, this isn't just me being afraid of the dark. This is something else, Yeah, you know, altogether. Yeah. I wanted to ask, because you said um, in your first story that you heard um, drums. Like, I'm trying to picture where you live uh, in not a creepy way. <laughs> I'm trying to find where you live. Um, <laughs> yeah. But are you surrounded by other houses? Are you by yourself in yes. the woods? okay yeah okay no it's it's like when you drive to the house it looks like just a suburb but if you go into our backyard our backyard like goes out into like a stream and like a rainforest that's so Um, cool (laughs) and it was all like other little kids and like growing up it wasn't like people partying or like nobody played drums like that so it was and and I don't know it was just the like rainforest behind my house was kind of wild enough that you could like imagine right (laughs) there being I don't know like ghosts could could get back there or something I don't know did you tell anyone in your um like family what you heard i probably told my sister yeah I should ask I'll ask her if she's ever heard anything that's yeah, my she, favorite yeah, new question too remembers. is like <laughs> if family knew <laughs> yeah is your sister into the paranormal also not as much I think she had like sort of a similar experience growing up as me mm-hmm. um but it's like nothing that we really talk about now in fact Fair. I was like I was like oh I should I should talk to her and like ask her what she thinks about this stuff, but I didn't have time. She's like getting her master's degree now. So oh. she's very busy. <laughs> is she still in Hawaii? She is, yeah. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> I want to go. I've never <laughs> been. Um, wow, that's really cool. Those are really scary experiences. Like I can't explain the glass at all. Did you say you had other experiences? I was gonna say another like superstition thing I had sent you a couple of the like oh don't bring pork over the poly highway or like don't take a rock from the volcano you there come come into the garage what what's happening what what's happening in there get in the garage my dude you're not move cl- I don't know. Dan move closer to the garage no come on it's me I'm, I'm not on this show but it's our friends, Luke and, and Jeff and Mike, and they do a show about music and it's called Get in the Garage. I'm trying to do a thing here, Dan. Oh, it's a podcast? That's way less creepy than I, what I thought you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan, come to the garage where we talk about all things music and all things fun with my friends actually from home. It's fun that they're not comedians, right? Like it's weird to get like a different example of humor from normies. Yeah, people like things. Normal people that like things that like aren't like hate themselves from comedy which is i think a glittering uh 
a glittering example of what this podcast is. It is Gavin Grobs with Luke Roberge, Mike Thresher, Jeff May. They're all great. They're all got amazing uh, hot takes, stories, opinions about the world of music right now. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of rock and roll and, and all things beautiful and, and joyous. Yeah, check out Get in the Garage comes out every week on the Wasted Robot Network. And I know that my aunt, like she, my mom's family grew up in Hawaii and then all of her siblings except for her moved to the mainland at some point. And um, my aunt was in Texas for a long time and she like took a rock with her because she was just like, mm. ah, whatever. And then she like it was like a bunch of bad stuff happened to her like she lost her job her car either completely broke down or got like broken into or something wow. like that to the point where like she she like came back she gave the rock back <laughs> and did her life yeah. get better after she gave the rock back i i mean i i think so <laughs> Like, I'm so superstitious. I've been reading about Hawaii all day and I'm like, I believe every single thing that like I believe it. It's they seem to have like a power. They have their own like faith and like you said, kind of like they're like a connection to nature that's kind of lost now, I feel like. But yeah, that's that's really interesting. I've heard that. I've heard like I've heard stories like that, but I've never heard an actual like person knowing someone that that happened to. It's like, a yeah, myth, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know anyone who is like taken pork over the poly and ha- lived to tell about it. <laughs> well, it's obviously, just like your, car, your car will stall like it's not like you'll die or something, but I still haven't heard of anyone who is like has tested it. That's so interesting. What is the poly? Is it a like a road? Yeah, it's um, so now it's like a highway, but it it used to be this like winding road that um, connected the windward side. So the on Oahu, there's two main mountain ranges. One is um, the Ko'olau mountain range, which separates the windward side, which is where I grew up and from like Honolulu and Waikiki, that side of the island. And they used to be like divided, like different like chiefs uh, were on each side. And there you can even see these like little um, divots in the mountain where like the different tribes would kind of like spy on each other but anyway the poly the poly highway would um now it goes like through the mountain there's like a tunnel but it used to like wind up around to go from one side of the mountains to the other um and there's you can still go up part of it to go to like this thing called the poly lookout that's like a, a beautiful view of the windward side of the island but it's supposed to be like yeah if you bring I'm not sure if it's you it's probably not if you bring pork over the poly highway but if you go up to to the poly lookout or something I'm probably getting the details of this completely wrong because I just it's <laughs> all okay. like hearsay and I have not like like fact checked myself on this but um yeah it's like if you bring pork up to the poly lookout like your car will stall and i don't know anyone who's tried it <laughs> i feel like that could be like a cultural thing like we just talked about this maybe two podcasts ago where like maybe traveling with meat was dangerous in the jungle when yeah. the myth started so um it kind of just became like a a myth don't bring food to the jungle is a, a rule i would follow <laughs> yeah i mean i yeah. guess you know in general probably safer um that's so cool though there's a lot of really cool myths um I actually prepared a story for you do you want to hear it yeah <laughs> heck yeah before I do that there's not I'm not skipping over you didn't have like any other stories or anything. no those, okay those, cool. those are the main ones yeah <laughs> cool. well thank you that was really interesting I, I like with your story I've learned a, a lot about Hawaii but I'm I'm gonna start looking out maybe I'll even post on reddit even though I hate reddit <laughs> about on camp like on campus living for hospitals because I think there's something there I really think it's just like something about it I don't know if maybe someone dies and like they'd rather be in a house than a hospital you know what I mean like they just that's where they go or yeah I don't know 
I don't know how ghost stuff works though. <laughs> like if yeah. you can get that far, just go home. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, so I went into this with zero knowledge on Hawaii. I'm like kind of ashamed. I had no nothing. Um, so I was like, all right, let's find some cool, some cool stories. But actually I wanted to talk about, um, the only queen of Hawaii, which was, um, Lili Ua Kalani and the Aialani Palace. So I really wanted to do a quick biography, so I hope that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. Um, yeah. Uh, so according to biography.com in 1874, her older brother, David Kalakaua was named King. When her younger brother, William died three years later, she was announced as her brother's heir apparent. In the years that followed, she did much to lay the foundations for her future on the throne, devoting her efforts to establishing schools for Hawaiian children and serving as regent during the king's 1881 tour of the world. It was in this capacity that she demonstrated what would be her lifelong devotion to the Hawaiian people and first made enemies on the island. So this is so messed up. When a smallpox epidemic on Oahu led her to close its ports, she was hailed by many locals, but also drew the ire of wealthy sugar cane growers. Did you hear that? Do you know all this already? <laughs> I I know she she was imprisoned, right? Yes, that's yeah. That's when they threw a coup. That's coming up. Um, she wasn't imprisoned mm -hmm. for this, but this was the first time they're like, she's gonna be a problem because she <laughs> put her people's health and well-being before money, and her mm -hmm. sugarcane people they were not a fan of that at all. Uh, so in 1887. She accompanied uh, her brother's queen on a trip to attend Queen Victoria's Golden Jubilee in England. While traveling, she learned that the king had been coerced by an armed militia into signing a new constitution, later known as the Bayonet Constitution, because he was forced by Bayonet to sign it. <laughs> um, and it effectively stripped the monarchy of its power and placed it in the hands of white American and European businessmen. In January 1891, the king died and she became the first woman to take the throne. She would also be the kingdom's last ruler uh, after she attempted to establish a new constitution that would restore power to the monarchy and the Hawaiian people. A group known as the Committee of Safety staged a coup uh, with the support of U.S. Minister John Stevens, who I believe was like the representative for the president in Hawaii at the time. So wishing to spare her people bloody conflict, she stepped down but appealed to President Grover Cleveland to restore her to power. Despite his sympathy to her plight, the president's efforts ultimately proved ineffective, and in 1894, annexationists established the Republic of Hawaii, with Sanford Dole named its first president. So I listened to a podcast, and basically Grover Cleveland said he sided with her, but he would only do that if she agreed to give amnesty to those who threw the coup. She was like, hell no, they should be executed for their crimes. And because of that, she was the only one found guilty. <laughs> Just so messed mm, up. I know. It's really yeah. sad. Yeah. And then that, the coup, she was soon after put on house arrest as the officers of the Committee of Safety believed she was attempting to plan a counter revolution. She was held for five months at the Iolani Palace. She lived out her days at her Washington Place estate, where she frequently received visitors from near and abroad coming to pay their respects. Uh, she died from complications related to a stroke on November 11, 1917, at the age of 79. And was honored with the state funeral. And it said uh, in that same podcast that the the day of her funeral, it like thunderstormed and rained, which is like really significant in Hawaiian culture. Um, hmm. Yeah. And her remains were interred at, in the Royal Museum. So I think it's insane. I've never heard of this person. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. She's like a, she's um, definitely like a hero in in like Hawaiian culture and and um, like a. a a hero but also like a very tragic figure because she was like the last of the monarchy and you know she was subject to like the overthrow of the hawaiian um monarchy and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. we didn't go like through her whole life obviously because it's this is a ghost stories podcast it's not like a <laughs> but um she it seemed like every time she was given like some sort of like tribulation she just responded by helping her people like mm -hmm. she was very like how do we how do i represent hawaii and the hawaiians and that's why like when they overthrew her she didn't basically they had like usa's like army come here and be like what are you gonna do about it and she's like well i'm not gonna 
I don't want to lose lives over this, basically. But it just stinks because she tried to like go through the government and they were like not helpful. Surprise. In the 1800s, yeah. it wasn't yeah. helpful. She just sounds cool. She also, I was gonna say this later, but it's a fun fact. She wrote the Aloha E song that we all know from mm. the the classic Aloha. Hawaiian. How is it? What's the name? Did I say it wrong? Uh, the one like Aloha Oi. Yep. Yeah. 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 She mm-hmm. saw two like uh lovers like saying goodbye. And she was like moved to to sing that song. She was a really good singer. Um, and in her time in captivity, she would like write psalms and she made a quilt of her life. She's just so cool. I mean, I think she just does what I want to do. Like she's crafty. <laughs> yeah. She helps people. I one day wish to be like uh, half of how like, you know, smart and ambitious she was. But um, uh, but yeah, like you said, just a sad life. Um, so why are we talking about her on a podcast? One, it's important to tell this history because we're in America and I didn't know it. And I was like really thrown. So my world is shaken and I'm going to have to start listening to more history podcasts I don't know (laughs) every day I'm learning that I don't know anything so um but secondly Iolani Palace which is where she was on house arrest is believed to be haunted so from the article U.S. Ghost Adventures according to locals Queen Tapiolani planted two great banyan trees on the palace grounds today they have sprouted up into a mini forest of trees Local lore has it these two original trees, now almost 150 years old, house all the spirits who pass in Honolulu who didn't have family waiting for them on the other side. Have you heard oh, that's of them? It, it, so um, that's an interesting thought. Have you, I don't know if banyan trees are like out here on the mainland. Or I haven't like seen them, no. Oh, Hawaii thing. Yeah, they're like, they're really cool so they have this like big canopy and then they like grow down like their the roots like kind of grow down into the ground so like they have them there's a few banyan trees like at the Honolulu Zoo and that's like a big you know they just happen to be there sort of but like it's a big attraction because like you can like swing on these you can almost like a tarzan like yeah wow. you can like swing on the roots like and you know I people have picnics picture them. and stuff <laughs> yeah no no, no like, look. No, google google pictures um no it's just interesting because like my husband's from here we live in new hampshire and so i i often am like trying to find stuff that like oh do you know about this or is this wow, just like they're thing? so cool yeah so you can imagine like um they're spooky they are really yeah that they're they're like creepy you you almost can imagine like the wizard of oz like trees that are like i don't know like become alive or or whatever or, um and you yeah. can imagine spirits being in the crevices and stuff yeah because there are a lot of like crevice it looks like a bunch of trees were just shoved into yeah, one yeah. and then all the yeah. branches are yeah I could that is really creepy and the reason you're not <laughs> supposed to like go past them is because like they're full of just disgruntled spirits basically yeah. like you don't want to mess with it and then have one of them mess with you back you know um wow we actually had an episode a long time ago Sapphire Sandalu who's from the Philippines she's mm-hmm. the coolest I don't know if you listen to her podcast but you she's really fun she had an experience with a i believe a i hope it's the right tree i'll have to look yeah there. i'll go back i have i don't think i've listened to that one but i'll i'll go back yeah yeah she's she's just a great storyteller but yeah so um if you're ever at the palace do not go by those trees but then even more interesting of course the queen would be spotted at the palace uh palace from the article friday night frights the ghost who haunt hawaii's historic Ailani palace by diane lee um stop by the palace grounds around 5 30 a.m and you just might see a ghostly figure at least that's what palace security guards tell tapanui i don't know how constant the sighting is but the but it's consistent enough for security guards to confirm that it does indeed happen on the grounds of this palace guards even report hearing a piano mysteriously playing in the blue room um, and then some with ro- a royal bloodline connection claim to hear chanting or Hawaiian music playing when they enter the upstairs room where the queen was once imprisoned for nearly eight months following the overthrow of the Hawaiian government. And let's see, Tanui. I think he's just a ghost 
Hunter. <laughs> yep. He recalls bringing a, a group on a guided ghost tour in downtown Honolulu on a Sunday evening in 2006. The group stopped by the King statue across the street from Iolani Palace. He claims that from that vantage point, he spotted the silhouette of a Hawaiian woman peering out from the window of Iolani's second floor bedroom where the queen was imprisoned. For a ghost, perhaps? Trick of the light? My imagination? I can't really say, Kapanui says. It was there. It did happen. <laughs> Crazy. Is yeah. There? Yeah. It's, no, it's really interesting to think about, like, if ghosts stick around to some place. Because if you think about it, it's like a place of such, like, trauma for her, but also a place that she accomplished so much and, mm-hmm. like, sort of stood her ground and yeah I, I don't know yeah I think it's it's just interesting to think about like the possibilities of yeah I what um, could happen. I specifically there were some articles that were like making her out to be like a vengeful spirit and I kind of kept that out mm. of the rhetoric because I was like <laughs> if she's vengeful she should be you know what I mean like leave her yeah. alone like <laughs> but I don't think that's it from the citing reports that doesn't they're like ventral spirit looks out window. Like I'm like that doesn't sound that ventral to me. You know what yeah. I mean? So I was like, this yeah, is of what course makes her vengeful. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, of course, even in death, they're like, oh, she's dangerous. It's like no, she probably because this was this was a palace her brother built. He this was kind of the problem. He he spent a lot of money really fast, and um, like this palace had running water before the White House did, which is really interesting. Hmm. Uh, uh, plumbing before the white house did yeah so it was a really it was like a really lavish place to be um Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't maybe her brother's there maybe her family's there like why wouldn't you want to stay with your family and she's still she's still queen to her at least you know what i mean like i think it sounds like she really obviously feels like she belongs there so to me it makes perfect sense that she would stick around Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Yeah, you've talked about on other podcasts, like, how it's sad, like, ghosts that are still doing their job, like, yeah, like, (laughs) mopping, or, like, like a janitor or something, but, like, maybe she's, like, tied to doing, like, doing her job as, as queen or something, since she was, like, the last one. She's one I kind of believe, like, in unfinished business, because I know they're still, so I, I also listened to a documentary that was literally put out a month ago where a lot of native Hawaiians are still trying to gain their independence from America, which is, it's so interesting how we're not hearing about this at all. I don't know if. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, that's another thing where I'm always like asking my husband, like, do you know about, do you know about this? Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> You're like your own. Like, it's so, yeah. yeah. It's so like ingrained. Even like, um, like, uh, like some of my, uh, classmates in med school um that were like of native Hawaiian descent they would be like oh like oh did you sign up for the nation yet like like they some of them have like signed up as like part like in case there is a Hawaiian nation that becomes right. established like they're they're like sort of recorded as like okay I have like native Hawaiian an- ancestry and I like want to be part of this and so interesting yeah there was like one time there was a protester who was like dressed up as um like kind of like a a native um like warrior who is like in front of our so our med school is part of university of hawaii um the manoa campus on oahu but um when i was a second year they finished construction on like a separate like health sciences campus like it's mostly the med school but it's also there's like a med tech program and there's um I think there was like a PhD like a science um in biomedical sciences or something program that was in Kaka'ako which is like um I don't know like 15 minutes on the water um from the main campus and there was there was some like controversy about where it was built and I remember there was like um like protesters like dressed up as like native Hawaiian warriors that were like 
barring the entry to, to like the That's med school. So like, oh, I guess we can't go to school today. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really, the history is really sad and um, it, it's, it's very tragic. And for me, I don't have any native Hawaiian ancestry, but I was born and raised there and my mom grew up there. And um, so in some ways I feel more comfortable, like living on the mainland because I'm like, like that's it's not my land you know right, like right in Hawaii it's it's um even you say living it, on the mainland it took me a second to not be like a one of the bigger islands I was like the mainland yeah. of you know <laughs> um yeah. yeah yeah I don't know I understand geopolitical anything like this is so above my understanding because as someone who's empathetic and having heard the literally the u.s said yeah we did that that's our bad like yeah we overthrew your government and mm -hmm. took you. um in the 60s they signed like a bill just admitting to it so with that like it's hard not to be like this was really bad like this was a terrible thing that yeah, we did can you can you do something more like, yeah to, to like and it's like what now prepare this yeah, yeah like what can really what bad. can other than and I feel terrible because like if someone told me that my mom had to move from her house even if it was the right thing to do this is terrible I should, but even if it was the right thing to do it would be it would be a challenge it would be challenging to emotionally mm -hmm. accept it you know it's so hard I just feel also hurt. there's like the ghost there would not want her to leave because she's so <laughs> oh yeah my mom's part of the squad she doesn't yeah. change anything and yeah she's... <laughs> she's part she's one of us now yeah the ghost would not let my mom leave they'd be like no she's cool <laughs> let her stay um but yeah it's it's so interesting i i had no idea how complex and how like cut and dry like normally history is like oh this is this was kind of iffy but this one is not iffy this one was pretty rough um but it seems beautiful i'd love to go there one day <laughs> yeah <I don't> know. <laughs> is there like place like a favorite place that you like to go when you go back um so my mom grew up in a town called kailua and it's um it's also on the windward side but it's like right on the beach Ooh. um it's like gorgeous and there's like you know totally like picturesque like white sand beach there and um it it's really long you can go walking for like probably an hour um and it goes from like just a very calm bay and then there's like some small waves um and you can go boogie boarding so I always like to go there because um like we often go for the sunrise that's awesome and um it's just you know, my mom, because my mom grew up there, it's like, we kind of have ties to that area. Anytime like family comes, it's like, right. oh, gotta go for the sunrise and yeah. <laughs> in Kailua. So have you, yeah. um, this is another big question as a mainline, mainlander, mainlander. just, <laughs> just learned that one as a mainlander. Um, are there as many luau's as I assume there are? <sighs> So yeah, so when my <laughs> okay, when my first like came to Hawaii for the first time, I was like, okay, we gotta go to a luau. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely like tourist. Like, we went to like a tourist one that you mm -hmm. like you pay for and stuff. But um, we like in med school, we always had like the senior luau, um, which was like kind of part of the graduate one of the graduation events, um. And there's like traditionally there's like a baby's first luau. So um Aww. not not everyone does it, but like one of my um one of my aunties, her her oldest son, they did the baby's first luau, like a really That's big cute. event. So I mean there's like and then I think that we had them like in high school for for different events. I kind of remember doing one in high school. I can't remember what it was four but yeah it's it's not I mean like for birthday parties and stuff it'll be just like oh just we just go to the beach or something that's what I was you know? wondering is it like a birthday thing yeah birthday party. yeah but no. like <laughs> yeah the luau is like a more um 
not formal, but it's like a, it's a bigger deal too. Cause it. then you okay. gotta get all the like traditional Hawaiian food and like, right. usually you gotta get poi, which is like hard to get. It's like the, um, taro root pudding. And, okay. um, at least when I went the last time I was there, it was like, um, hard to get it. Like there wow. wasn't a lot of taro being grown. Um, so but yeah, it's luau's are definitely like a big part of Hawaiian oh, culture. It stinks. I want to. So go, you gotta go. I, yeah, when you yeah. go, it, <laughs> when you go, I'll give I, anyone who goes. I I always have like my list of stuff that you got to do when you go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um. Well, that's pretty much the end of the show. Normally, when it's like a comedian, I'll ask for like their socials. I don't know if you want to give out your socials people yeah I know, I know I was thinking about are you sometimes you say something you want to plug but yes um, do you have like a know, either like a charity or a thing um yeah I mean um I, the only thing I was thinking about that's like kind of related to Hawaii is I had mentioned to you that I heard um this woman Corey Lovejoy I think her name was but if you google contemporary Hawaiian poets you'll find her um, I was like really impressed by her. She is Native Hawaiian ancestry and she lives on, I think, Molokai, one of the other like smaller islands of Hawaii. And I heard her on uh, Ryan Singer's podcast and she, I was like oh. really impressed. Like she did all of this research to like tell a story about um, some like Native Hawaiian spirit or entity. I can't remember the details, but um, I would say if anyone wants to like learn more, like look her up. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And listen to Ryan Singer's podcast yeah. with her because he's that's awesome. How, yeah. yeah. That's how I heard about your podcast. Yeah. Very new. <laughs> right. podcast, yeah. That's such a great so. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds awesome. There's so many cool ghost stories just in Hawaii. It's yeah. Yeah. Its own thing completely. Well, awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks for the recommendation. And thanks for being on the show. This is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing the show. It's, it's great. Real Chills is produced by Meg Katz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.